Jones resets to the shotgun, gets the snap. Hands it to Elliott, who goes sweeping to the left side. Gets to the 20, loose to the 30, to the 40, down the left side, to the 50, goes Elliott. He's going to take it to the house. 30, 20, 10, touchdown, Ezekiel Elliott. 85 yards. You are listening to the Buckeye Sports Blitz. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. My name is Nick. This is the Buckeye Sports Blitz. Ohio State defeats Indiana 42-35 in what was once again a tale of two halves. And there's a lot to unpack there. I really don't know where to start. There's a lot of things that was just frustrating to watch from bad officiating, bad play calling, bad execution, bad effort. Once again, I saw some of the same things from the Rutgers game. Another bad second half. Justin Fields just looking awful. Offensive line inconsistent, and obviously the most obvious one is the pass defense, the defensive backfield. Uh, There are officially some major problems now, Uh, but before we dive too deep into that and talk about the game, I just want to say tonight, Ohio State men's hockey team kicks off their season against Minnesota on the Big Ten Network at 8.30. Ohio State has had one of the top programs here in the last five years. Their coach, Steve Rollick, has done a phenomenal job. He's in his eighth season. He took Ohio State to the Frozen Four, first time in 20 years, I believe, in uh, the 2018 season. They ended up falling short in what I thought was a controversial game. They ended up losing in overtime to Minnesota Duluth, who went on to win the national championship, but... I think they were robbed and should have played for a national championship that year. But to start this year, they're number 10 in the country. Um, They kick off against Minnesota. So check that out. We're going to talk more about that. And the women's team also uh, started their season. Uh, They're number five in the country. They split their series with Minnesota. So they started the the season. They are one and one. And we're going to talk more um, all things Ohio State sports, not just football. We're going to eventually talk about the basketball team. Um, really, anything that's going on in the world of Ohio State sports, if you know, if we don't talk about it, we're definitely going to mention it because Ohio State is a national power. You know, in wrestling, hockey, football, the basketball team seems to be headed in the right path. So check that out tonight, eight thirty, BTN Network. Okay, so now let's move on and talk about the game. Um, really, Justin Fields just did not play well at all. There's a lot to unpack there. I think he was just trying to do too much. After the first interception, he started to hold on to the ball a whole lot. I think he was trying not to make a bad play, trying to force too much also at the same time, too indecisive. That first interception, he just had a bad throw. Uh, He had Garrett Wilson, if you would have put some touch on it, he could have let him into the end zone. Just made a bad throw. Uh, The other two were just bad decisions. We've never seen that from Justin Fields. Hopefully those don't turn into bad habits. I I guess at this point, maybe he gets a pass because that's the first time we've seen that. Every player, you know, (laughs) they're allowed to have a bad game or two during their career. So um, it's still definitely concerning now because we know that that is in him. But that throwing the ball up like that, that we – He probably hurt his draft stock maybe a little bit, at least raised some questions with some scouts and some teams. You don't see Trevor Lawrence doing stuff like that. So hopefully that's just a one-time thing, and that doesn't become a habit. But that's definitely alarming. Can't be doing that. I thought he was very indecisive, held onto the ball too long. He 
seems to not know whether he should throw the ball or take off and get downfield and say what you want about JT Barrett. But that was something that JT did very well was, you know, nothing's there. He, he, he got on downfield and got some positive yards. And so obviously you can see that that's a knack on him. He holds on to the ball too long. The offensive line wasn't consistent. Uh, they were well in the run game, but still overall inconsistent offensive line play. Uh, Josh Myers, who, you know, I've touted as one of the best centers in the country, he's having too many mistakes. So, again, maybe they were off for a week. And just this season, I mean, you've seen a lot of sloppy play all over the country. You know, I pay attention. I trust my eyes, not the numbers. And, yeah, Ohio State put up 600 yards of offense. They pretty much went 300-300. But – Still, I think Ohio State, they, I think they got exposed on both sides of the ball. So I thought Master Teague ran hard. He still doesn't look as quick and explosive as he did last year, but I think that's due to him being seven months removed off a major Achilles injury. I thought Trey Sermon played well when he got his chances. The running game did get going, started picking up some bigger chunk plays. Uh, both backs are averaging over five yards a carry, which is a nice, which is a nice sign. The offensive line, they are definitely most consistent in the run game at this point. But again, I think any time that we can sit here and be critical of a 600-yard performance and still when you look at it, it just still, there was a lot of mistakes, some points left on the field for sure. And I think that's a good sign that really when you didn't play your A game and you still put up that many yards. But obviously the pass defense, it's officially a, a problem now. With depth, and you just, I don't, they just seem slow this year. Seven banks, I've heard a lot of really good things from him in the offseason, and he just simply has not lived up to everything I've heard. He looks slow. He looks like he's just disconnected. Marcus Hooker, I thought, was just awful. He gave up those two touchdowns, I think it was. I mean, and then his attitude afterwards, he he got burned on the play and so instead of being upset with himself he wants to be a punk and go twice try to like strip the ball out of the guy's hand after he caught the, the touchdown you, you know dude maybe you should work on not getting beat on that that play fake or that pump fake so that was frustrating uh and twice I saw Marcus Hooker uh give up and have an opportunity to maybe chase a guy down from behind and him just flat out give up on the play and that's the shit that kind of really pisses me off and that is alarming that's now Two weeks or two games in a row, I've seen that kind of stuff. And so at this point, I'd say it's, it's you know, it's the identity of this team. And you can see they just aren't very good in the second half. And I don't know if they get complacent or what it is, but this team has trouble closing the game out. I thought the linebackers played really well. I thought Baron Browning had a really, really good game. Pete Warner, obviously, I think he continues to increase his draft stock. I mean, the defensive line, I, I mean... I'd like to see more pressure and get more sacks. I think that is a problem anytime that Indiana has more sacks than you. I think they had five sacks and Ohio State had two. I'd like to see more pressure, but the run game, I mean, again, I don't know how to judge that because Indiana is not a running team. One, they just don't run that often, and when they do, they don't run well. So, you know, I don't know really how to judge that, but, I I mean, I'm seeing some serious concerns just uh, on the defense across the board from the defensive line not getting enough consistent pressure. And really, I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought, but I think the best position group so far are the linebackers. I think Tough 
Borland, who I've been very critical of. I thought he's played really well. I thought Baron Browning did not look well in the first game, but since then, I think he's played very well and been very consistent, especially in the passing game, which has been a struggle for him throughout his career. And Pete Warner, again, best linebacker on the team. I think the linebackers have played very well. But at this point, I think uh, the coaches got to go to work. They got to figure out something because, um, yeah, the passing game is a problem for sure. Sean Wade did play much better. He was more consistent. Obviously, the pick six was huge. That was a nice read, a nice break on the ball. Great play by him. I'm going to give him a pass on that P.I. There's no way in hell I think that's defensive pass interference. Clearly, that guy extended. If you're going to throw the flag, that needs to be called on the offense. But I'm going to give Sean Wade on a pass. But given how this defensive backfield is looking, we're going to need Sean Wade to really step up and play to the player that you know I thought he was, and I touted him as the best cornerback in the country. He's been a bit inconsistent, but he's definitely going to have to step up. So we're really going to need him to play his ass off down the final stretch of the season here. And the defensive line has to be more consistent getting pressure. So I think at this point, the, def- the defense is a problem. The defense is a concern. So moving on to the officiating, I, I just want to watch a-, a football game and enjoy the game and have a clean officiated game. If a penalty is a penalty, you call it, and you consistently call it. And I'm not one to gripe and say, oh, this team would have won if it wasn't for the refs like the Clemson. I can't stand getting arguments with Ohio State fans that say that the refs are the reason why Ohio State didn't beat Clemson. Now, yet, was it frustrating, and would you like to have those calls? Yes. But Ohio State did not win that game because they kicked field goals instead of touchdowns because J.K. Dobbins kept dropping the ball. That's why Ohio State lost the game, not because of the officiating. The officiating didn't help, but that's just what frustrates me with college football officiating. And, I mean, it had some impact on this game. But, again, we can see what Ohio State's problem is. It's not that they're getting a raw deal from the refs. It's Their defensive backfield is just awful, and the defense is a problem. But if it's a penalty, you got to call it. There was that fumble by the quarterback He said that the arm was moving forward. Well, you can clearly see that when your fingertips are on the ball, that doesn't mean you have control of it. So just because your hand is moving forward while your fingertips are touching it does not mean you have control of the ball. It's pretty fucking obvious. And yet you have a replay official and you still can't get it right. So there's one that should have been a fumble. Then there was a Baron Browning hit that was clearly a fumble. There was no review. I mean, clearly, they didn't even stop it. They didn't even look at it. They missed it. So there's a turnover Ohio State should have gotten. One of their touchdowns, it looked like there was an illegal pick on one of our defensive backs that completely went missed. Uh, The fourth down play with Justin Fields, it was clearly targeting. He took a shot to the head. Go to the show's website, thebuckeyesportsplits.podbean.com. Click on that Buckeye strike. It goes in depth on what targeting is. It's got it all in layman's terms so you can understand. That is clear targeting. And supposedly there's an official every single play in the backfield to watch the quarterback at all times, and yet that doesn't get called. And let's go back to the first game of the season. And Joel Klatt sitting there saying this is ridiculous. Yes, it was ridiculous. They should have been calling targeting. Chris Olave, he had a concussion because he took a shot to the head. And those guys didn't even mention it, and they're just talking about, yes, this should be a fumble. And they just say that this is enough because they don't want to see four targeting calls in a row. 
Well, if it's targeting, it's targeting. Throw the fucking flag. And Chris Olave, they didn't even say anything about it. He took a shot to the head. So this targeting thing is so inconsistent, and it really pisses me off. And I think that's the only thing in officiating that is causing teams to lose games, is the targeting thing. One, it's bullshit that the, the player is completely out for the game because that changes the game, just like the Clemson game we saw when Sean Wade. That game changed when Sean Wade was ejected. Now, it wasn't vicious. It wasn't violent. There's some other hits that you see where it's like, okay, kick them out. And just like the Nebraska game I talked about, they said, well, I don't know. I need to see more, more violence or whatever uh, Mike Pereira, the rules official, said. I need to see more aggression. Like, what the hell? The guy was standing right there, and he used his head. He took his head and, 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 and poked it out and made contact with the ball carrier. I mean, that's targeting. He didn't have to do that. He could have wrapped him up. He used his head as a weapon. I mean, that's the rules. And, and I'm looking at that and going, well, he purposely did that. That guy should have been kicked out. But this whole targeting thing, I think it is a problem in college football and officiating in college football. I don't know if it's because most of the refs are they're just part-time refs. A lot of them are refs in other sports. They don't just do football. It's basketball. A lot of them are older. Is that the problem? I mean, let's get some younger, some more sharper minds in there. You know, but I think it's a definite problem. It just makes me mad. I just want to watch a good game. I just want to watch it be called right. And again, if, if it's targeting, call it. And I'm all for the targeting and changing the game. I just don't think players should be kicked out unless it needs to be like basketball where it's a flagrant one or a flagrant two. And I think part of the problem is you have ex-football players and these announcers and coaches and Urban Meyer and Joel Klatt and all these guys sitting there saying that, uh, no, I'm going to send in a letter to the Big Ten and talk about this, blah, 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 blah. And they just don't want to admit. I mean, it's a bunch of old, stubborn white guys that don't want to adapt. And they say it's ruining our game change you know Ohio State usually don't see that targeting called on them too often because I know they coach it they coach to not do that they coach wrap-up tackling and if you watch Nebraska in that first game they don't teach proper tackling technique for today's football that's why that kept happening and I can't stand these idiot announcers that they just get upset and say put skirts on them put dresses on them look you cannot touch the head. The head is off limits. Not with your forearm, your elbow. Targeting is targeting. It doesn't mean you have to make contact with this, the spear of your helmet. It's any contact to the player's head or neck area. I don't know why that's so hard for people to comprehend. The head is off limits. If you just stay away from it, then you won't get called. I think they need to call it more consistently and they need, they need to be calling targeting more. No, and I hear people say, well, where do you want them to do? I mean, it's, it's clear. There are certain times. There are times where there's not enough time to react and get out of the way. I understand that. But I hear a lot of people make excuses when I see plays where the player could have done something a little bit different. You know, I just don't understand it. Like the, like the free safeties, when you hear, what do you want them to do? Um, you treat it like a charge in basketball you plant your feet you get wrapped up you get run over and you just wrap up and hold on and go for a ride and take the guy down however you can take him down you know instead of going for the big blow-up hit and potentially coming across the guy's head or neck area that's I mean it's it's common sense I just don't understand and yes there are situations where the player there's nothing they can do but but I think there's more 
and there's more than what the, the, the football people and the talking heads and the coaches just don't want to admit. They don't want their game to change, and so they're having a hard time, and they're looking for any excuse, and they're claiming, well, I know what it's like, and I've been down there, and, and what do you want them to do? They can't do that on, on the fly that quick and think not to do that. I think a lot of it's a bunch of bullshit. I could do a whole show about officiating, but we'll do that as a filler in the offseason or something. We need something to talk about. But anyways, I don't ever want to take a win for granted at Ohio State. A win is a win, and especially during this crazy time and this very unique season, just got to move forward and, and be thankful that we played, and hopefully we can play next week. Take it day by day, week by week, off to Illinois. Ohio State is playing Illinois next Saturday. High noon kickoff. That one has been announced. That will be on Fox. Don't forget Ohio State men's hockey team, number 10 in the country, taking on number 14, Minnesota, tonight to kick their season off. That will be on the Big Ten Network at 8.30. And check out the show's website, thepuckeyesportsblitz.podbean.com. There's some content on there for the new listeners. Thank you for all the listeners. Thank you for the new listeners. We are now been added to iHeartRadio, so that's just another way you can listen to the show. But check out the website. It's got about nine players on there. It's got the team leaders, defensive leaders, offensive leaders. It's got the offense and defensive team numbers. It is very mobile device friendly. I use it on my phone. It was designed to pretty much be used by your phone. So use that as a quick reference. Check it out. Thank you for listening, however you may be listening. Be safe, Buckeye Nation. Go Bucks. I hate Michigan, I hate Michigan, I hate Michigan, I hate Michigan, fuck the Wolverines. I hate Michigan, I hate Michigan, I hate Michigan, fuck the Wolverines.